Isaiah chapter 61, right towards the end of the book. There's 66 books in Isaiah, 66 chapters, I'm sorry, in Isaiah. If you'll turn to chapter 61, it reads like this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. I wanted to simply try to minister this morning to God can heal your broken heart. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There is a heart in particular that God is drawn to that gets His attention, and that is the contrite heart. It's a broken heart. Our God is very sensitive to that. He's very drawn to that. The Bible does use a word, stout-hearted. It gives off something that is proud, something that is hard, something that is not showing in any way a tenderness and a reaching forth and a, a love for God. It's quite the opposite. There are people that use what's called stout words. That's also in the Bible. But there are those that can show God, and God hears them, God sees them, that they have a, a brokenness about them. There are many things in life that contribute to brokenness. There are things that can happen to us as human beings that can break us down. And it can be, in, in many instances, in many situations, a brokenness and a broken heart is viewed as something very negative, something that is of no value, not going to do you any good. Now, I'll grant you, I had somebody tell me the other day at the post office that uh, they said they weren't going to complain. And I said, well, that's good. And he claims to be a preacher. And I said, I'm going I'm to give you the 11th commandment. He looked at me. And I said, the 11th commandment at our church is, thou shalt not complain. So he said, okay. And I said, yeah, you can go preach that now. I said, no, uh, no patent on that. I'll I share that with you. I'll give that to you. He said, okay, thank you. And uh, complaining truly doesn't do any good. But I will tell you that God does hear loud and clear a brokenness, a broken heart. Somebody that is of a broken heart or a contrite heart, the Lord is drawn to that person. He hears it in their voice. He sees it in their body language. He's aware that there's, there's the opposite of being hard. There's the opposite of being stout. There's the opposite of being uh, somehow defensive against God. But God sees an opening. God sees somebody that is trying to feel after him. As I said, in the world, a, a complaining attitude and a, even a broken 
heart in the world is might be a sign of weakness. Might be something that people turn away from and don't respond to. But God is not that way. God is drawn. God is pulled. There's a signal that goes out to God when somebody is of a, a brokenness and a broken heart. Earlier in Isaiah chapter 25, for thou hast been a strength to the poor. One president said that God must love the poor because he made so many of us. He said, for thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. God is very aware of our difficulties and our problems. Very often, those things, you know, we've often said that you can find the silver lining in the cloud. Well, just remember, to get the silver lining, you've got to have the cloud. It's going to have to be a cloud. It's going to have to be a cloud. So when that cloud comes overhead, we were driving home, seeing Sister Feld and I, and, and it was beautiful, blue sky, and then all of a sudden, it was a big old cloud. I mean a big one. And it stretched from north to south, and a little bit from east to west, and we were driving along, and, you know, it's like dark overhead, you know. And I said, um, I said, look out there as we were heading home, heading here to the west. And I said, look, I said, if we can just get out from under that cloud, I said, how beautiful the sky and blue and shiny and sun, sun there and everything. And, and sure enough, we got out from under that cloud, and, and it was just beautiful. Closer we got to Belglade, it was just beautiful. And uh, I'm saying to you that uh, if you want to pull the silver lining out of that cloud, then you show God your brokenness. You bring it to him and you show him that you're of a broken heart, that there are things that are working together to break up your life. But God can turn that brokenness to something good. God can take that contrite bible said he will not reject a contrite heart a broken heart god won't turn that away god will welcome them god will open arms to that god will pull that in you can bring your old lower lip like a vacuum cleaner on the ground to god <laughs> you can you can bring your misery and your pain and your suffering your broken heartedness you can bring that to god you can bring your tears to God. Those don't turn God off. Those turn God on. Those don't chase God away. They bring God to you. If you feel after him, the book said he's not far from you. If you would realize that you can draw near to God, and in so doing, he will draw near to you. God's not running away from you, but you've got to ask yourself, have I been running from him? <laughs> Boy, we have a tendency to do that, don't we? We do have a tendency to do that. And that is just no sense. You know, denial is not just a river in Egypt. And you don't want to be living in that deep trench called denial. You just go ahead and fess it up. Go ahead and tell God, like uh, Adam and Eve, you know, God said, uh, Hey, where are you? 
God was right where he was every day. He'd come to talk to them. and He showed up on time. Where, where are you? Well, we're over here, God. We're hiding out. The Lord said, what in the world are you doing that for? Well, you know, we've done it wrong and said it wrong and many other such like things. But you know, the Lord, he's aware of all of that. And I'm so glad that one place, it said it like this. That salvation was hidden from them. But I want you to know that our God determined that salvation would be hidden no more. Our God said, I'm going to let all flesh see the salvation of God. And he decided that no longer will I continue to be invisible, but that I will show myself to people. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said he would bear, B-A-R-E, he would bear his arm. and He would dial back the invisibility and he would show himself. And so he spoke the word over Mary and she conceived. She brought forth a child. And in that child dwelled God to the fullness. To the fullness. Yes, sir. He began to walk among the people that were brokenhearted. He began to see their, in the flesh, he began to see their pain and their suffering of them that were ignorant or lacking in knowledge and that were turned out of the way, people just pushing them out of the way. He saw them that were depressed, troubled, upset. He saw them that were brokenhearted. He saw them that were so unhappy. And he began to teach them. He began to talk to them. They followed him one day. They followed him three days. And he said, I want you all to sit down. And he put them in order. I'm glad when God starts putting your life in order. And you know, I, we've seen many people come to God and God put their lives in order. That it was, uh, the world likes to be famous for songs, helter skelter. That's the world for you. You've read, no doubt, how that in Genesis chapter 1, that the world was out without form. It was void. It was empty. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. It's teaching you that the world was in chaos. It was chaotic. It was in a mess. And that's how our world is. Things get in a mess awfully quickly like. Job said in his writings, at least it's in his writings, contained that man is born of a woman but a few days, and he's full of trouble like sparks flying upward. One place said, troubles come to me, and I, I didn't want it. But there it was. It just popped up like toast. Oh, friend, all kinds of chaos, all kinds of difficulties, all kinds of problems and sorrows. But you know, they lined the street one day when Jesus came, meek and lowly, on the back of a donkey. 
He didn't come styling. He didn't come showing out. Oh, he could have come in a fiery chariot. He could have come with the finest looking stallion. He could have come with a with angels surrounding him visibly. He could have done so many things. He said in one place, he said, I could pray and have 10,000 legions of angels here right now. I could deal with you, Mr. Pilot. You think you're in authority. You think you're all that. You think you're all in control. I, right now, he said, I could pray and it, it will happen. He said, but you know, if I do that, then who's going to help the brokenhearted? Who's going to help the depressed and the upset and the lonely and the miserable and the unhappy? People whose lives are in chaos. Who's going to help them? People who are running in the wrong direction and hiding from me. Who's going to help them? Who's going to help them? Isn't it funny how God can take things that we overlook them. We think of them as so simple. And you know what? They are simple. The Bible talked about the simplicity of Jesus Christ. He didn't, compl- he didn't design it to be complex. He could have, but he didn't. I'm glad he takes the complex and he simplifies it. I'm glad that he takes, like in math, big old numbers, and he reduces them down. Reduces them down. I'm glad when God makes things easy. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, I want to I help you out. I want to help you. And, you know, we look back on God when he does a thing. We look back on what he did, and we were like, wow. That, it just seemed to clear up. Well, just like that dark cloud. It just seems to, you're out from under it. It's gone. And the sky is bluing, and the sun is shining. And you realize it, and you rejoice in it. And you're amazed by it. Don't we sing that beautiful old song, Amazing Grace. Amazing. Because He is amazing. I've been living for God by His grace for 44 plus years. And uh, I've got to tell you, He still amazes me. I've seen a lot of good miracles. They're all good. I've seen God do some wonderful things, things that made me rejoice, made me happy, and just made me jump up and down with excitement, made me lift up my voice, made me clap my hands, made me dance in the spirit. I shouldn't say so much made as inspired. And, uh, you know, sometimes God has made me do things, and other times he didn't have to make me at all. I just wanted to do it. It's good when I can get my my will with his will in in you know in unity there. Because really God hasn't had to twist my arm to live for him. He hasn't had to beat me over the head, sometimes get my attention, I suppose. But uh what I'm trying to say is he, after all these years, he still amazes me. Still makes me, he still rocks me back. And I'm taken back by his power, his authority, and his glory, and how he gets it done, how he makes it take place. It's marvelous. And is it not written that it's marvelous in our sight? 
how that those that have been like him said it not, being pushed all over the place. The Lord takes that one and sets it up and uses it. That one that people said, ah, that guy's no good. Never amount to anything. And God takes that very person that was set at naught and makes them the head of the corner, so to speak, puts them in a chief place, opens a door for them, begins to make the way as he goes before them, as he smooths out the rough places, as he straightens out those crooked places, as he brings down those mountains that loomed out there. That's a little hard for us Floridians. We don't, we don't have too many mountains around here. But we do, we do run into them spiritually. And uh, he does bring up the valleys, brings up those low places. When you become a captive of your own down, the enemy's just got you there. And I'm trying to tell you that there's, a, there's a, an arm and a hand that the Bible said it's not short. It's not, it's not unable to reach where you're at. No matter how low that valley, you hear me now, he's able to reach to you. The hand of the Lord, the arm of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save. So let's put that positively. The arm of the Lord is lengthened that it can save. It can reach you. I mean, I remember when he got me by the nap of the neck and the seat of the pants and just lifted me up. Whoop, just took me out of that old low place and that confusing place where my heart was broken and my life was in disarray. I didn't know which way was up. I was drowning in a puddle. <laughs> you know? And he just rescued me. He just opened the locked doors. You remember Peter, the apostle. He was so unperturbed. They put him in jail. It was looking rough. But Peter was so unruffled by it, he, he took a nap. This went sleep. Angel of the Lord came. Peter. Peter. Bops him. Peter! What? What? He said, come on. He said, get your, get your shoes on. We got, we got things to do. God's got a, a good thing for you to do. Peter like, who, me? Yes, you, Peter. Come on. And begin to lead him out of that jail situation. Lead him out of that place. We felt confined, cut off, miserable. What am I doing here? Got him out of there, friend. Took him right out. And the Bible said, took him to the gates of the city. And that the gates opened of their own accord. Nobody touched them. Peter didn't touch them. They just opened. Can I tell you that God can open doors? He can set before you an open door. The Bible used terminology, a great and effectual, that's a powerful door. God can do that. What am I going to do? God can do what you cannot do. That's what I'm trying to tell you. How about giving God a chance to heal your broken heart? 
Amen. God. You know, there was a guy, be seated, the Lord bless you. There was a guy by the name of Baker. I believe it was a doctor, maybe Timothy Baker. And uh, he became famous because he was a heart surgeon. And in studying the human heart, the fleshly pump, he was able to perfect an operation. You probably know of it as open heart surgery or heard of it. Hopefully, you haven't experienced it. I had a man tell me the other day, he's 75 years old, and he said that, he said, I weigh 142 pounds. And I said, well, and he looked trim and nice. He wasn't a very tall man. And he said, uh, he said, I was 169. He said, but I, after open heart surgery, he said, I came out of the hospital, I weighed 115 pounds. So open heart surgery is pretty serious stuff. I mean, when they, they have to break your rib cage open and they have to prize it back, they have to reach in to that hopefully pumping muscle that is so powerful that it can pump blood through your 75,000 miles of circulatory system. That's more than a global airline. Every 11 to 13 seconds, it pumps your blood in a complete circular system through your body. That pump does that. And this man perfected, he revolutionized in the medical field, open heart surgery. He was known for that. But I want you to know that you've got another heart. It's up here. It's the seat of your intellect and of your thoughts and of your emotions. The Bible teaches there was a woman, book of Acts, there was a woman as the church that Jesus, the only church that Jesus ever built, obeyed the commission. The church is people. This is a church house. You make up the church. People that are baptized in Jesus' name. People that are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They are placed into the body of Christ. And they are given a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. Not bad news. Not sad news. Not I'm coming to beat you up. Not I'm coming to put you down. There's a woman we've been witnessing to that runs a department in Home Depot. And she practically runs when she sees me because she was convinced as a child that when somebody stopped coming to church, you prayed down hellfire and brimstone all over them. And I said, woman, you be crazy. Say, oh, we don't do that. Hey, we, we got a God that loves us. We got a God that understands. We got a God like Adam and Eve. He's searching for us. He's looking for us. And if you're way down in that valley, He's like, what you doing down there? And the long arm of the Lord 
reaches and gets you, pulls you out. He said, look to the horrible pit from whence you're digged. Oh, yeah, I brought you out of there. God wants to bring you out of the, the deep depression you find yourself in. Now, some people, they, they, just, they just love depression. I'd rather, I'd rather be loving that happiness stuff. I'd rather be kicking up my heels in the Holy Ghost service. I'd rather be running the aisles. <laughs> I'd rather be clapping. Woo! I'd rather be whooping and hollering and being shining in the Holy Ghost than be down in some pit. Oh, I'd much rather be kicking up my heels in a Holy Ghost service, loving God, praising God. I told Sister Williams that we're gonna we're gonna treat her like a little a little bird in a little machine and put a quarter in and sing. <laughs> I told her the song of the month is "Victory, Victory Shall Be Mine." If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. You remember that, Sister Reva? That's an old-timer one, but it's a good one. Amen. Every once in a while, I need one of them old-timer ones to come along and remind me of the Word of the Lord. Remind me of victory. Remind me that God wants me to live for Him. Wants me to praise Him. Wants me to worship Him. Wants me to get my dance on. Wants me to get my praise on. Wants me to get my worship on. Oh, yes, He does. He wants to inspire that in my life. Amen. Adam, Eve, what you doing in the bushes? Well, we've come upon some knowledge that's making us hide. Well, you know what? Our world is filled with all kinds of media, mass media communication. And it wants to put the wrong things in our hearts. And it wants to give us knowledge. We call it carnal knowledge. Fleshly knowledge. Things that would come between us and happiness. Or between us and our God. Oh yeah. The enemy wants to supply that. In barrels and bushes. and He just wants to put a bunch of it in our, our lives. You know, they had a, a preacher. I know of a preacher. And uh, he uh, married, got two children, two little girls. And, uh, you know, you have them little girls or little boys. After a while, they, they do grow up a little bit. And as they're growing, the enemy is going to try to put as much junk in them as he can. He wants to put carnal knowledge. And so they went to a conference, this preacher, his wife, and two, two children, two little girls, pretty little girls. And mama sings and the girls sing. And so it was, uh, <clears throat> they asked if uh, the little girl would sing that night a song at the, ch at the church conference. Hundreds of people there. And so she got up and she sang. She sang Madonna's version of Happy Birthday with all the facial gestures 
and all the body language, you know, Madonna style, Beyonce style, Rihanna style. I think you get the picture. Just six years old up there. Needless to say, parents were very embarrassed. But then again, maybe they were just uh, falling asleep at the switch. They weren't paying attention. Or maybe they wanted something in their lives. And the child was there, like that computer-like brain just soaking it all up. Soaking it all up. Oh, yeah. I, I was uh, at a place. I can't remember. It was the other day, though, and. And there was a um, very nice couple, young man, young lady, husband and wife. And he, the dad had picked the little boy up. The little boy looked to me to be about three or four. And he picked him up. The dad had him. And but something came up, and the dad went to set him down. The little boy, no, no, no. And I looked at him. I said, you don't have to teach him that word, do you? <laughs> and the dad was like, oh. Yeah, but you got to teach him yes. You got to teach him yes, ma'am. Every once in a while, I tell our little Jamaican Bruni, I say, what happened to those Jamaican manners, son? You know, when you used to say, yes, miss. No, sir. You're getting too much American in him, I think. You're getting too much, yeah. Uh-huh. We like... We like those Jamaican manners. Yes, we do. We like manners. <laughs> Whether Jamaican or Haitian or Italian or Chinese or wherever and whatever, we like them. Amen. The Bible uses that word and talks about what manner of people we ought to be in our lifestyle. How we ought. You want a style? Make sure you Holy Ghost style. Make sure it's Holy Ghost style. Make sure it's Bible style. Amen. You bring your old sorry self to God. You bring yourself broken. You bring yourself being upset and depressed and feeling lonely and miserable and unhappy and shut out and shut in and shut up. All of it. You bring it to God. You bring it to Him. You bring it contrite. You let God know. Believe me, He knows. He sees your countenance. He sees the sadness in your life. And I want you to understand that He wants to replace that. He wants to replace it with a happiness. The Bible said with a joy that's unspeakable. It just words fail. You, you, you search for words to explain how happy you are. You search for words to express. And that's why sometimes we're going to worship. In our worship, we're going to speak with another tongue or language as God's Spirit gives the utterance, because we're, we're falling a little short of how to express to God. So we speak to Him in mysteries. We're talking to God. And our inner man is letting Him know just how happy we are, just how blessed we are. Amen. That we're not taking it for granted. That we know that God has taken us and lifted us up above our problems and our situations and this world in itself. He has lifted us up. 
Amen. And amen. And amen. Amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because, now I'm telling you, when you see that word because in your Bible, in the scripture, get ready. Because that, that's an that's a indicator that he's about to explain something to you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. I don't have something sad for you. I've got something to make you glad. You know, they got a product out. I think they call it glad wrap. Well, I want to be wrapped in glad. I want to be clad with the cloak of zeal. I want the helmet of salvation. I want the breastplate of righteousness. I want truth wrapped around my loins. I want my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I want to wield the mighty sword of the Lord and the, and the shield of faith. That's what I want. I want to bring it all to me. I want to have that, and you can have that. He made it available to you. Yes, he wants to set your feet on the solid rock. You hear me? That's what he wants to do. He wants to bring you out of prison. He wants to bring you out of misery. He wants to bind up the brokenhearted. He wants to preach good tidings unto the meek. The meek kind of goes along with the word contrite. Meek is a, is a kindness. It's a yielding. It's something that is compassionate. It's something that doesn't stoutly come against authority. It works with it. Amen. It sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. God can put the brokenhearted together. God can do this. Book of Acts, I told you there was a woman. And God performed the first recorded open heart surgery. Only it was this heart. He opened her heart that she might understand and listen to the Word of God as the preacher preached it. That her heart wasn't shut down. Her five senses weren't shut down. She wasn't shutting God out. She had everything open. Bring it on, God. Work a miracle in my heart because it's broken. It's dashed. That's in the Bible about dashed to pieces. It's dashed to pieces. And he that dasheth in pieces, God, he's come up into my heart. He's come up into my life. He's in my face. I need your help. I need your help. Amen. He's going to proclaim liberty, and he's going to open the prison to them that are bound. Speaks of so many good things. It's not a downer message, is it? Not something that's going to lay you in the bed under a dark cloud, is it? Not going to be something where you're going to be under the bed. Oh, no. This is something that's going to pull you out into the sunshine, and that's spelled S-O-N, shine. And he's, he's, he's the kind of God that arises, figuratively speaking, he arises with healing in his wings, the Bible says. He brings a marvelous light. 
And he shines it. Arise and shine. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. God is saying, hey, come on out of the bushes. Come on out of the darkness. Come on out of the horrible pit. Come on out of the valley of depression. Come out of the prison. Come on out of there. I got better things to show you. I've got a better life for you. It's all ready. How about you? You ready? Your heart ready? Because I'm ready. And I prove that. The Bible said that God is ready to pardon. Oh, my sin is so. God said he's ready to pardon. Ready to pardon. Ready to pardon. Yes, he is. He's ready to do so many good things in people's lives. All we got to do is believe him. That's all you got to do. Just God believe him. He's, he's standing there, figuratively again speaking, all day long, hands stretched out wide. Those hand and arm that can reach to any problem, any situation. He said, here I am all day long. We live in what's called today. It's that period of time of grace. We have an opportunity. Okay, the window is still open. He hasn't returned for the church yet. So the church is still here, the soul-saving station. Saying, I got my arms open wide. And I'm reaching for you. How about it? Come on to me. Come on to me. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. Thank you. Oh, God, I praise you. Oh, Lord, God, I praise you.